Welcome to The Creative. Oh, that's a great sound for the for the call. There you go. Have you decided? Oh, get the swordfish. Best swordfish in the city. The best, Jerry. I'll have the salmon. <laughs> and you? Uh, you know what I think? I'm just gonna have soup. Yeah, I'll save the meal for another time. Another time? What other time? I had a hot dog earlier, I'm not that hungry. No, no, baby, no. This is the dinner. The soup counts. Super excited to have you join us in this latest episode of our most recent adventure. I'm joined by two of my closest friends. It's Amanda. She is the youngest of three, but one of a kind. That's a twin joke, Dan and Ben. Shout out to you both. She's back in the great white north. I guess you could call sure. Claire that. <laughs> yeah, I think their actual nickname they've given themselves is like gay to the north. But we'll go with either one. <laughs> if you know Claire, the great white north <laughs> Amanda, it's a pleasure to have you back. So thank you for joining us today. We're super excited to have you here. And then my co-host with the bow-host, per usual, he drinks the coffee, he takes the wine, he's here to drink some photos. I'm rumbling, bumbling, stumbling my way all the way through this intro because I deleted my introductions. But the man who needs no introduction is my good friend Vincent Thurman. Vince, welcome back. I'm so excited to be here and be on a podcast talking about food. This is going to be a great episode. Yes, I can't wait to take a big bite out of this topic. And I've, Vince, you loosely sent a text of some things you want to talk about. So, what I kind of went forward and did is like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna push on through it, and then I have a couple surprises along the way. Perfect. This is gonna be great. It's like a chopped episode. This, yes, this essentially will be a chopped episode. So I hope you both have your ingredients ready. My basket is ready. Okay, perfect. So my first question to you both is how has your relationship with food changed since you have been in day whatever of quarantine that you're currently in? Oh, that's interesting. That's a good question. I take more time to cook now. Um, like, I don't rush through, like, throwing a meal together. I, like, spend time looking at a recipe and, like, working all the way through it and getting the measurements right instead of just going with things that are, like, easy to make or, like, normal to make during, like, a work week. And my, like, adjusted schedule makes it so much easier to, like, do that because I, like, work from home now. It's, you know, go to the grocery store once a week. So you spend time, like, trying to pick out ingredients that you want to make. And then you have a ton of time to figure out new recipes. So 
yeah, it's more consistent. It's more thought out. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. I would say I do a little bit of the same. I used to cook, like, try new recipes even before quarantine. But I think, Vince, to your point, I've taken more time to try out, I would say, quote, fancier recipes now. (laughs) So stuff that, I was going to say stuff that doesn't involve pasta, but actually the recipe I just tried last week was risotto, which is technically still pasta. (laughs) There's lots of pasta. So still going out slightly outside of my comfort zone. But before, when I was regularly working, I was doing that intermittent fasting a little bit because I'm super guilty of snacking at midnight and I have been trying to get away from that. So when I was working and on a regular schedule, I would do like my little eight hour window of like breakfast in the morning, lunch, dinner, you know, trying to keep it rain it in if you would and now since quarantine i had like a cup of ice cream at like 11 o'clock last (laughs) night i mean i'm drinking a seltzer right now today at three o'clock there's just no there's not really any rules now i've kind of lifted that (laughs) from my schedule and i think that's like the most important thing to note too is that there are no rules and we're all dealing with this pandemic in different ways and you know and coping with it in different ways so um, I mean, my wife that's a dietitian is she's talking with a lot of her clients. She's telling like, now's not the time to be focused on hitting your micros and macros and, you know, starting a new diet. Like now's the time just to be like making sure that you're consuming enough calories in the day and like taking care of yourself. Um, yeah. which, you know, I take that and I completely bend it into my favor to where now I have a glass of wine with dinner every day or like, <laughs> you know, we made like crazy milkshakes last night and, my milkshake but to Vince's point, I noted like we cook every meal, so it's even with like breakfast, because breakfast was the meal that I probably skipped the most, because especially with my commute to work, um, and usually I'd have like a cliff bar, like a piece of fruit or something in the morning, but now every morning it's like, oh, I'm going to make some scrambled eggs. I'm going to make some waffles, going to make like some kind of elaborate, like breakfast burrito or something like that, just yeah. because I have the time to do it. And it's been fantastic. Yeah. My omelet and scramble game have just like elevated so much because it's like, what can I throw in this today? Like craziness. And I've also been watching a lot of videos on Epicurious. Um, or well, it's on YouTube, but it basically, it shows like level one chef, level two chef, level three chef, and then they have a food scientist judge what they did. And it is amazing. So I've been trying out like all of these like random recipes that they throw together. So nice. is that what you've been posting your photos online, Vince, that I've been seeing that you've like plated foods or you've like, I don't know, you posted a series of food photos semi recently and I flipped through every single one and I was like, this all looks so good. Thank you so much. So yeah, so those are, um, except for like one or two of the dishes, those are things that I've made in the past like year and a half or two years. And now because I have the time, I'm getting into like, what's a new recipe that I can try, but I'm also like working on like plating because that's just like a huge part of the meal that I love to do, but I like rarely do because I don't have time or it's like mm-hmm. late in the day or I've like snacked my way through dinner and like now I have time to like do this, these types of intricate platings and things, but yeah, I love that part of it. So yeah, food's good and it looks what, good too. What is like the one dish or 
No, yeah, I'll ask that question. So what's the one thing that you made so far up to this point in quarantine that you're the most proud of? Whether it be like a whole collective meal, um, like a singular item, like what is the one thing that you're most proud of that you've made so far? Um, Amanda, you can take this question first, but to go with my red wine, I have some French Madeleine cookies. Um, They're these like soft, little bit of crunch on the outside that is just delicious and goes great with red wine. So anyway, we can go back to the question. I just figured I needed to share that during the food podcast. Like, by the way, here's what I'm eating right now. Hashtag food influencer. Right now, I've got my wine paired with the snack. <laughs> so true. I know you've all been asking about what I've been pairing. <laughs> my you, may, you may have heard a slight little crunch. That was the crunch of this this delicious food item. <laughs> not, not sponsored by, but we will, we'd like to be. Right. <laughs> um, I think the recipe that I'm most proud of is the one I kind of hedged earlier was my risotto that I made last week. Again, definitely still pasta. So maybe I shouldn't be that proud. But it took a lot more time and attention than normal, like my normal go-to just noodles and sauce. So, because you've got to like warm up this broth, you've got to add it to the risotto little by little. I used wine for the first time in my life when I was like prepping the risotto. I follow the directions and put it in there before the broth. I don't know how to explain it. The recipe is from Half-Baked Harvest. So I recently started following that social media account and it was great. A great idea. Makes me hungry pretty much constantly throughout the day. If I ever go on social media, I feel like I always see a post and now I'm like, well, now I want a snack. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And I stir fried? No. I didn't grill it. I warmed up some asparagus. I'm trying to think of the word. I sauteed some asparagus. <laughs> and I added that to the risotto as well. I tried to figure out how to shimmy a little bit of, like, lemon skin off of it to whatever Zest that's it? called. <laughs> lemon skin. <laughs> shimmy the lemon shimmy skin. Shimmy the lemon skin. I couldn't think yeah, That's got to be the episode it. title. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. We were... I looked up what a zester looks like, and I thought we had one, but I still couldn't get it to work right. So I ended up, I'm going to be really embarrassed, I ended up taking just a regular old knife and thinly slicing some of the lemon peel and then chopping it up really finely. And that's what I used as, like, my zest. So, yes. I mean, it worked, right? yeah, multiple multiple people ate it. Nobody died. It's fine. <laughs> That's good gauge. Yeah. People yeah. consumed it and are still walking. So yeah, yeah. Solid. So yeah. I'm gonna take the asparagus baton and run with it because my favorite thing that I made to this point was actually on the grill. So I made sliders with like the Beyond Burger. Um, so like cheeseburger sliders. But what I'm most proud of is in a thing of tin foil. I cut up some, I cut up some like potatoes, asparagus, threw in a little bit of butter and like, you know, kind of mixed it all together, covered it in the tin foil, put a little bit of like garlic salt, some pepper and a few other like, you know, seasonings in there and cooked it on mm-hmm. the grill for a while. It was so freaking good yeah, because the edge between the butter and like the potatoes and the asparagus and like the tin foil got like really crispy, but then like the center was just like super warm. Oh, it was 
by far one of my favorites. But that kind of leads me into my next question, because the other thing that I made that I really enjoyed was Christy Teigen's banana bread recipe. And oh. every person that I've talked to, when I say like, oh, hey, like how, you know, have you made anything fun? You know, during quarantine, every single person says banana bread. So have either of the two of you made a banana bread during quarantine? No. I think people hoarded all the bananas. It was like tissue paper and bananas. And like people went nuts and then everyone realized they didn't eat bananas. And they don't (laughs) eat them fast enough. They were like, eh, I guess I should make some banana bread. And I think that's exactly what happened because the other question that I want to talk to you both about is like your, how have your grocery visits changed and what are some like items that you notice are kind of missing? Because when the pandemic first started, so I think it was, I don't even know how long we've been doing this anymore, um, but I think it was like what two, <laughs> three weeks ago on like a Wednesday was my last day actually in the office. Like day um, 24. They, yeah. So when they're basically like, all right, we're, yeah, it was the week before my birthday. And they're like, all right, you're going to go home. You know, everyone's going to be like, you know, if you're not essential, you're going to be working from home. We went to the grocery store or we were at the grocery store and they made that order and all of the bananas were gone. All of like the main green vegetables, like broccoli, asparagus was gone. There was no toilet paper. And I was just like, what is happening? Like, this is so strange. Like we bought the most random items for that week just to make for meals because like there was nothing left. Ironically, all the health food was left. It was like all of the... Like a lot of the stuffed crust pizzas and stuff that were gone, but sad. Yeah, what did you stuffed crust pizza? Oh, I was really bummed. But how have your grocery store visits changed? Um, I do a lot of planning beforehand now. Instead of like the roaming around, let's see what we want, let's make a list as we go, or think of meals that we want to have. I think I spend like two or three days like going through like what I have currently, and then figuring out what the next like meal is or what the meals for the week are going to be. And I think honestly, that's such a good habit. Cause it's like, you're planning your meals, you're mm-hmm. working through the things you're like making sure that you've got enough of everything. But, and then in the grocery store, it's like, just like go get those items and leave. It's like no, no random deviations. Cause I just want to get out of there as quick as possible and like follow all the rules. So yeah, I think it's made me a lot more strict in my, like what goes into my cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my family's done something a little bit similar, but I found that even though, like, we seem to be planning meals ahead and things like that, we still end up with, like, a fridge way overstocked. Like, we don't actually end up going through, like, all the fruits and veggies that we get because we, I feel like there's this pressure to get them if they're there and then, Mm -hmm. like, like, get home and it's like, we actually already have, like, apples from last week we didn't eat or we have some fruit and it's like, now it's like how do we use all 17 of these apples before they go bad yeah and so i think there's a little bit a little bit of panic buying when it comes to like fresh veggies and fruit because if they're there i still see like my family tends to like grab them even if they weren't on the list um but overall definitely like some lots of planning happening and stuff um circling back to your banana bread question really quick i have not made it just because (laughs) i am allergic to bananas so I (laughs) I have not chosen to make that I have made chocolate chip cookies a couple of times so that's like a self-soothing recipe that I make um 
Yeah. But yeah, other than that, definitely, I think our family's intent is to go to the grocery store once a week, but then we inevitably end up going for like grandparents in town and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so we end up going like a a few times a week, which probably isn't the best, but you know, trying to be more intentional about it for sure. Yeah. I also panic bought wine. So yeah, got a couple, couple bottles of wine to go through. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, I go for Maggie cause she can't go, um, as often. So it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, can you get this, this, and this, or like Maggie had a ship subscription because as a teacher, she couldn't like get out of work or she'd have to go on like weekends only. And so for like necessities, we just do a ship shop. Shout out to ship shoppers. Ship shoppers really are, I mean, because I know my sister-in-law does ship shopping and I mean, they're so essential for, you know, like you said, Vince, like someone that's a teacher that doesn't have that spare time or anyone that is immune compromised or, you know, the elderly that, you know, it's severely puts them at risk to be in a grocery store. And when Mm -hmm. you have those different types of services or people or like Amanda, like you said, you're going to help grandparents. I think that's one of the cool things that's kind of came out of this quarantine like slash pandemic is the amount of people going out of their way to like help other individuals. Mm-hmm. Definitely for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How have your drinking habits changed? In, Cause I think what I noticed the most when this first started is I was drinking so much coffee. Like I'm saving so much coffee cause we're not, I'm not stopping at Starbucks or anything anymore, mm. but the coffee pot's right there. It's like, Oh, that sounds good. I'm just going to make another pot of coffee. Yeah. So what do you think you've noticed the most with your drinking consumption since this has started? I only have water. I don't buy juices anymore, things like that. So I have water and wine. So that's very, all you need. Catholic like, I was going to say, it sounds very, very holy of you, Vince. Do you turn the water into wine? No. Um, I do have some grapes, though. No, I'm kidding. Um, nope, because that would be a whole different game. Like, I would not drink water. It would just be wine. So my habits would change drastically. No, but yeah, I haven't, I had orange juice, but I like made smoothies and like used the juice for smoothies, but that went pretty quickly. And then on my grocery store trip this week, I didn't grab juice again. So for the last three weeks, it's been like water, water, water. And honestly, I've been using this time to like make healthier choices. Like it just getting into a rhythm, having the time. Like being at home so much, it just makes it easier to be like more disciplined, like not going out to like happy hours or things like that. So if I do have wine, I have it with a meal. Um, And then if I do have, well, anything else is just water. So Mm -hmm. that's where I land. There you go. Nice. I, I actually, ironically, when I started out as a barista, like a month or so ago, I had just kind of like tailored back my coffee consumption which is ironic um but I've been drinking a lot more tea recently so that's kind of been my morning routine is just my my morning routine all right um so yeah I've been drinking tea in the morning and then pretty much like whatever's available I drink water or coconut water whatever we've got in the house whatever everyone buy whatever's bought in here I drink that throughout the day and then usually have like a glass of wine or something around dinner time or in the evening but I actually when quarantine first started everyone I feel like there's a bunch of memes about like day drinking and everyone just drinking all the time and I I was like nervous about that because I was like I don't know how my mental health would take a hit to like if I was just like 
hard drinking every day. So I kind of tailored it back for the first week or so. And then as I felt more comfortable and like mentally secure, I was like, okay, like now I'm going to have some wine with dinner, like, you know, just kind of add this back into my life. But there was that, that period of like immediate uncertainty when I was just like, maybe, you know, all my roommates and things are drinking like Tito's for lunch. But I was like, maybe that's, maybe I'll wait just a second (laughs) to see how this is going to go. See how I'm feeling. Yeah. And I feel like we all had that first week adjustment period. Cause like, that's when I was drinking probably too much coffee and for a few nights in a row, like during dinner, we would have a glass of wine. And then it was after that, like Amanda, you said, we kind of found our balance and tapered out because like with coffee now, I'll just have a cup in the morning. Like when I get up, I'll have a cup of coffee in the morning and then like Vince, I'll switch to water for like the rest of the day. And then, I mean, if it's a special occasion or, you know, maybe once or twice a week, we'll have a glass of wine or a drink later. Uh, the big thing that we've been drinking that I was like very anti before quarantine was kombucha. Oh, or kombucha, I love kombucha. You to pronounce it. What? And maybe I just never had the right flavors, but it's like drinking a very bitter beer, but without any of the benefit of drinking the beer, <laughs> except for it has more benefit because it's actually healthy for you. Yeah. And so we started doing like kombucha shots like throughout the day just for, you know, for that good gut health and that gut uh-huh. microbiota to balance it out. And I've noticed a big difference because that's one thing, uh, Vince, you mentioned that you were making more like protein shakes and stuff is I'm finding more time just to be active in different, you know, not necessarily saying that I work out every day, but just being physically active up and around and walking around as opposed to just like sitting at my desk when I would be at work. For sure. And I think that's definitely had a much more positive impact on just my overall mental health, too, is just putting good things in my body with the occasional ice cream or wine, but at the same time, mm-hmm. just like being up and moving around. Yeah, my whole quality of life has improved since like being home more often um, and like having the like time to make these choices or build new habits. Like, I think the cooking means less snacking, the getting up and being active, like, I set a timer to get up from my like, and it's, it's kind of annoying, but like, it's a habit that I needed to do. Cause I'd like, I'd sit at work and like work to a project, create some graphics, like do all of those things. And that would be my work day, but I would never like get up from my like desk or like I had a standing desk, which is nice. But at the same time, I'm just standing at my desk all day. I'm not really moving, but yeah, I have a timer that I get up, I move around. I like do something different. It just helps like my workflow better. Like, everything about like being home and working from home is just like my ideal situation. I think just knowing you too, like I can see Vince thriving in cause I mean, Vince, you definitely get your energy from, you know, recharging, you know, by yourself and kind of away from people, which I think a lot of people find surprising because you do have such a magnetic personality. Wow. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, but then like for me, cause I feel like what I found about myself is I'm very split is I need human interaction, but at the yeah. same time I found how beneficial being home and away from people, you know, has just been on my overall mental health and just, yeah, everything else. And just overall for I'm sure. happier. Yeah. How about you, Amanda? I definitely agree. I think it is interesting going from being super social, especially like when you're seeing people at work and you're seeing friends out and about, like I definitely think my budget is happy a little bit for the quarantine, (laughs) especially in terms of like 
saving for graduate school and things like that. Like that's been huge. But then that's also right. I feel like every, every benefit or positive is kind of coupled with this like potentially negative like effect as well in terms of like, well, yeah, I'm not like, I can't go out and get like coffee from like my favorite local coffee shop because they're closed. And like, how is that going to impact their small business? And so it's like, yeah, it's good for my budget, but how is it, you know, impacting the economy? And so there's like always these like double-sided coins happening in my like thought processes, but I definitely think it's, you know, maybe it'll be interesting seeing just how society moves forward, you know, from here on out to like the greater scheme. Yeah. And I think that's something I'd love to talk about in depth too, is almost trying to like guess what's going to change. Cause I feel, I mean, at this point, everything that was normal to us a month ago is gone or different. I don't want to say gone. Um, And we're going to have to, it's gone. It's all gone. It's gone. Everything is gone. It's like Avengers. It's just, we've snapped it and it's just disappeared. And inevitably, inevitably, great use of Avengers, Amanda. Yeah. Um, Eventually, they're going to give us a date and say, you know, on this date, you can go out into public again. But I'm just so curious of how we're actually going to act because, We've been so health focused, so, you know, like washing our hands, wearing, you know, like we're taking all these different precautions that we probably should have been taking a lot of them before this, even before this was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just how like the way of life will be different, you know, going to concerts or sporting events and big things like that. But yeah, there's just something to think about that we can talk about in depth at a later point. For sure. But do you two enjoy... Some trivia. 100. Also, I have to I have to apologize and interject because our one of our family dogs has been barking, so I've been putting myself on mute periodically, <laughs> and she starts barking. But if she interrupts while I'm talking, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no need to apologize. We are a pet-friendly pod, and love that. I've had to warn everyone that I've been interviewing for work these past few like weeks. It's like. As you both have seen, my cat's either going to jump up and knock my mic over, or my dog is going to leap off the back of the couch and crash into the ground, and she, yeah. or she'll just start barking at something really random. So, you know. I was on a call with my like bank to like set up a new account, and they were at home working, and their like grandchild started crying, and I was oh. like, "Don't even worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> Not even a problem. Totally understand." <laughs> Uh, see, I love, I guess, how accepting we become as a society. It's like we all know that we're all dealing with something. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, everyone's okay. a little bit more empathetic. But back to trivia. Yeah, not empathetic because this is a competition, a segment that I'm coining as Vince versus. So Vince will be versing oh. our guests in this case, Excited. Amanda, in a series of trivia questions. Um, I have a few. I have a couple of different trivia lists that I've compiled and put together. Uh, some are multiple choice, uh, some aren't multiple choice, but I might give you a couple of hints. Uh, depending on what the score is, I'll see how long we go for, because like, whose line is it anyway? I'm completely making this up as we go. So Amanda, I hope your dog barks and you put yourself on mute when you start answering. So oh, I can... no. Oh, that would be a bummer. Listen, up until the quarantine, I, my group of friends and I down in Madison Heights, we would go to semi-weekly trivia at Augie's Bar and Grill, so... Just saying, I've been preparing for this for about a year. Just saying. I have no training at all whatsoever. And you'll, you'll probably win, because I think I maybe answer one question every game when we go. 
been exposed. All right. <laughs> right now, as I'm listening back to this, I'm queuing in the <laughs> trivia noise, and it is now playing joyfully in the background. So, Vince, Amanda, are you ready for segment yes. one of Vince Versus? Perfect. All right. The first question. The creator of the Snickers candy bar named it after a certain object in their life. Those objects are A, a family dog, B, a family horse, or C, a child's nickname. Okay, I feel the like horse. you put the horse option in there just for me. I don't even know if that's a real <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the horse just to stay on brand. So I'm going with the horse too, yeah. Okay. All right. You are both correct. Frank Mars used his family's favorite horse, Snickers, for inspiration when naming the Snickers candy bar. Wow. Oh, that is just... How did you find that out? Did you did you do a Google search? Yes. So I've been Google searching for the past couple days. Um, just random food trivia. And here we are. So Here we are. I'm going to see Snickers the next time I'm in like line at the grocery store when we're not supposed to be six feet apart. And I'm just going to look back at the person and be like, this was named after a horse. <laughs> just like walk away, carry on with my day. Perfect. Next question. <laughs> when did the Jolly Green Giant make his small screen acting debut? Option A, 1958. Option B, 1967. Or option C, 1976. B, the 60s. Spin says B, Amanda. I'm going to go with C. C. You are both incorrect. The correct answer is 1958. The Jolly Green Giant appeared on television in 1958, but looked like a monster and scared children. To lighten them up a little bit, is they added a catchy jingle, ho, 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 to make them that, more kid-friendly. Because what? They thought that was going to be like Santa. They were like, we're still going to keep every aspect about this green monster the same, but we're just going to give them the ho 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 as if he's kind of he knows santa claus when was the tv invented like the 40s uh that's not one of my trivia questions i'm not prepared to answer that (laughs) oh Oh, okay never mind i didn't know that i was like i don't know when they created the tv um i'm gonna say the 1920s the 1930s the 1940s the 1950s and then i'll keep whichever one is correct after i look it up Next question. As you are deadlocked at one correct answer apiece, how did Triscuits get their name? Option A, a combination of the words electricity and biscuit. (laughs) Option B, because they were introduced in 1903 and the Shredded Wheat Company included a reference to the three in the name. Option C, they were named after a family pet. I'm going to go with A. The correct answer is A. A combination of the words. No way! No, I just read it a 
a Twitter thread. You knew I'm this? I'm not even kidding you. I read a Twitter thread but about Triscuits. this. About this specifically. And that's where, how I knew that answer. Where's well, the electricity involved in Triscuit? I forgot, um, but all I know is I was like, wait, I just went. Some guy had the same question, and he made a whole thread about it, and I read it just like last week and i was like yeah. i don't know when i'm ever gonna use this but okay and here here we are well it's funny you say that because the truth was uncovered in march 2020 when sage boggs reached out to the triscuit brand to confirm at least one early advertisement boasted that triscuits were baked by electricity claiming they were the only food in the market prepared by this 1903 process wow well do we know if that process was true Yes. No. Once again, I, can, I will leave I can in try the to send a thread. I can try to send the Twitter thread to you, Vince, if you want to fact check it. Yes, please do. I would love to read that thread. All right. I probably spent Next. 12 minutes reading that, just saying. Like, that was a good part of my, my quarantine. If you're looking at, like, a pie chart of my quarantine time, I think Twitter threads has been, like, at least 15% of that time. <laughs> It's just the one thread about Triscuits. Yeah. Well, hopefully your Triscuits research prepared you for this next question. Back to the candy bars. How did Reese's get its name? Option A, it was named after Reese Witherspoon. Option B, it's named after Harry Burnett H.B. Reese's. Option C, it's named after a really sweet candy. They worded that weird. The candy. Wait, wait. So the answer. <laughs> wait, let me just. The let me clarify. That option C is saying that Reese's, a really sweet candy, is named <laughs> after a really sweet candy. Correct. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I'm gonna go with C. Convince you're saying B. Yeah. To tie it up, Vince is correct. H.B. Reese's and his H.B. Reese's Candy Company invented the signature candy, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, in 1928. I honestly only made that guess because isn't there, like, the Hershey name is from a guy named Hershey? Mm -hmm. Or is that the leadership style Hershey and Blanchard from LDR 100? I had packed that knowledge so far away in a box somewhere until you just said it. I was like, oh, okay. I don't remember that name. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Yeah. All right. The next question. The Tootsie Candy was named after Leo Hirschfield's blank. His favorite movie, Tootsie. His daughter. The factory it was founded in. I'm going to go with B. His daughter. What was the first option? <laughs> the movie Tootsie. I'm going with the movie. It sounds like a movie. Wait, what, what was the year it was created? What? The movies probably didn't even exist. Definitely it doesn't. It does what not I... give the year. It's Vince is saying A, Amanda's saying B. Mm-hmm. Insert drum roll. The answer is B, the creator's yes! daughter. Leo Hirschfield's daughter, Sierra, had the nickname Tootsie. I come from a long history of weird nicknames, so I felt that answer was right to my core. What are some All of right. those nicknames? Listen, my 
My grandma used to call me Puddin'. My dad calls me Peach. I was like, yeah, I could see someone calling a girl Tootsie. This is definitely a food-themed episode. So, the name still apply. Yeah. Exactly. Alright, everyone. We now have reached the halfway point. How are we feeling? I thought I thought I just won. You made me oh! just drum roll. Oh, what? I'm so excited. This is great. The comeback is on. Gosh, darn Now it gets a little bit more difficult because I will give you hints and options, but there may not necessarily be multiple choices. Oh, dang it. I'm going to come up with some wild, stupid answers oh. I don't have options. Next question. Which nut is used to make dynamite? Walnut. Hazelnut is the Nutella. So. <laughs> Hazelnut is the Nutella. Yeah, that was. I think that's we... what I, I think that's what I first learned what a hazelnut was. I was like, what makes this peanut butter not mm. taste like peanut butter? And I was like, oh, it's hazelnut. I'm gonna go with the cashew. You are both incorrect. The correct answer is a peanut. Peanut oh, oil oh, processed to produce glycerol. Which could then be used to make nitroglycerin, an explosive liquid used in dynamite. Alright, here's a fun one, and maybe I'll give you some options. Which vegetable was considered poisonous in medieval times, but used by the Romans as an aphrodisiac? I'm trying to think of like what the geography is for their agriculture, like what crops could they grow? Wait, what did, what did you say? Rome? <laughs> That's Which Italy, vegetable right? was considered poisonous in medieval times, but used oh, by medieval. Romans as an aphrodisiac? Here's one hint that I'll give you. The veg calling it a vegetable may be a point of contention. Tomatoes. I'm gonna go with a lemon. <laughs> Vince is correct. It ties it up. It Dang is a tomato. Back on the board. Uh, tomato being in the Solanese, I'm saying that way wrong, so somebody out there probably uh, being in the Solanese family, which includes deadly nightshades and other poisonous plants, tomatoes are erroneously thought to be poisonous. According to folklore, if you would eat a tomato, its poison would turn your blood into acid. Instead, the colonists used great used to grow tomatoes purely for decoration. Oh. Alright, we are tied with potentially two questions left. In what year did the first Starbucks open? Your options are... Oh, we get options. Yes. 1969. 1971. Or 1977. See, not confidently, but that's what I'm picking. 1971. The correct the answer is 1971. The first oh, Starbucks opened it. in the city of Woo. Seattle, Washington. Very thin lead here. So Amanda, if you get this yes. next question right, you'll tie it up in force overtime. Oh, this first episode oh of Vince boy. versus or segment of Vince versus is very stressful. I know. If 
if you get this wrong, you will never be allowed in the podcast again. <laughs> that's 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 a that is a harsh loss. I'm kidding. Of course, it's a we're harsh kidding. Harsh consequence. You're one of our favorite guests. We can never do that. We can never do that. Oh, I'm glad you got that on recording. I am one of your favorites. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been edited yet, though. Oh, All right. This is a fantastic question. And one that I did not know until reading it just now. What type of milk was mozzarella cheese traditionally produced from? I feel like Vince is an unfair advantage because he cooks with mozzarella. I actually much just bought more. it today. Yeah, see, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I bought mozzarella that was real, honestly. What milk? Ooh, that's a good question. You're gonna go with this... goat milk. Oh. Were you gonna right. give me options? <laughs> I, I was gonna give you a hint. <laughs> I'm down for the hint. Can okay. I change my answer? It, well, I don't know if it's gonna help you, because what I was gonna say is it does not come from a traditional dairy cow. goat is not a traditional dairy cow in this situation, and I'm going to stick with my answer. <laughs> that might be right, but actually, I'm going to go with a buffalo. Vince, no, on the it. final question, like Steph Curry with the shot, oh, <laughs> guess is correct. A buffalo produces the milk that traditionally mozzarella cheese was produced from. You can only get it in certain regions of Italy. How That's the only one that know that. So, to roaring applause, Vince is our first champion, rightfully so, of Vince versus Vince, congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm going to be a sore loser and go on the record as saying I think this is rigged. <laughs> All right, Amanda. If you get this next question right, <laughs> how many calories per gram are stored in protein? You just said three words I think I thought was all the same thing up until And that is all the time that we have for today for the Creative Podcast of the Quarantine Chronicles. Congratulations to Vince, our first ever winner of Vince Versus. Uh, Today we talked a little bit about food. We caught up with friends, and we are super thankful that they they are all happy and healthy and well. And we're super excited to catch up with you in the future as we start unloading some of our some of our episodes that have been cooling on ice for you for a little while and put out some more fun ones like this in the near future to keep everyone in good spirits. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a great hey. episode. Can I go on the record to talk about really quick? I mean, I don't know when you're gonna put this in or not if you are. Can I say that I love your Merlot and your Coke concoction? Jeremy. Thank you. I, like, I, oh, tried no. it, and I tried a glass, then you told me you're like mostly Coke, a little bit of Merlot. Because I hate Merlot. So I was like. So you don't like red wine? No, not dark, dry red wine. I like wine that tastes like juice. That, like, okay. if you gave a little kid, they wouldn't tell the difference if it was alcohol or if it was normal juice. But. Do you... Obviously don't. That's not promoting giving your kids alcohol. I'm just saying that's my palate. <laughs> 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 I don't know what I just stumbled myself into, but I feel like that's what always happens on this podcast. <laughs>